Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans, it is Joe in the pilot seat. Believe it or not, it is chapter 196 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And not only do we have some of our regular great co-hosts with us, we've got some special guests, some guys we met in the last year at uh, the ICC Con in Nashville, part of the ECPC TV it's hard to say, I know, but they, they, they can do it a lot better than I can. Uh, so we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming ICC Con in Nashville, talk a little bit about last year's, I'm sure. Uh, we'll hit on some Bad Batch, some Mandalorian, and you know some other topics that come up, because I know in our text chain all the last few days, we've been blowing up all kinds of topics. Um, we, we're almost blowing up things like, like Lucasfilm's blowing up possible movies, right? So... Um, Always follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram. Just Rule the Galaxy on YouTube and Facebook. Email us at Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. TikTok, Rule the Galaxy podcast. I'm sure we've got more stuff. I just tweeted out our new place where you can buy our gear. Laura Burton will take care of you on that. But you know what? Let's get started. Let's let's light this candle. And I'll start with Alfie. Alfie, welcome back. How you doing, friend? Doing good, Joe. Um I'm not excited at all to talk about this episode of Mando. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, no. If Brent was here, he'd say they finally went to Mandalore. Finally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, good. We'll, we'll hit that. We'll hit that pretty hard here in a bit. D-Doc, with your Diamond Dogs, your your Richmond uh, Ted Lasso shirt on. How are you, yep. sir? Yeah, I figured I'd uh, put on the uh, the Richmond uh, sweatshirt today just because it's Ted Lasso week. It's six days away, which is like insane. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I'm definitely I, I actually just watched Bad Batch probably an hour ago. OK, and damn, I was like, I, I couldn't wait to talk Mandalorian. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just like that Bad Batch thing where you're just like they, they'll just hit you with uh, an episode where you're like, wow. So, finally getting it's finally getting gooder yeah <laughs> hey and that that lovely voice you just heard right there that was mr jim from ecpc tv jim how are you i am doing great my friend it's so so great to be on your show man i love you guys i love your show and it's so fun working with you guys i'm so so excited to be here to talk to you well we are we are glad you were here and you're bringing along one of your one of your favorite guys right here mr matt from ecpc tv how are you sir I'm doing good, man. I'm actually excited to talk about Mandalore because, <laughs> you know, it's uh, with everything, you know, Man Mandalorian is my, Din Djarin is my favorite character right now, but I, I, I do have some qualms with the latest episode, so I'm probably going to agree with with him so uh yeah so let's, let's let's get into it let's do it we will do that we will do that before we get started this is the first time that 
all, all of us have been together since last year at, at the uh, ICC Con in Nashville. And from last year, we have such great memories. One of those great memories, and we were just teasing about it before he hopped on, was D-Doc here had the flight purchased, everything like that. And then at the last minute said, oh, guys, yeah, my wife could have the baby any minute now. I can't make it. Yep. And uh, to let everybody know, if you're not a regular listener, which most of you should be, because, I mean, come on, if you're listening to us on episode 196, you've probably heard us before now. D-Doc lives in the Philly area. While the rest of the uh, <laughs> while the rest of the crew lives in the Indianapolis area, so we are chomping at the bit to hang out with D Doc and Mrs D Doc down in Nashville. Wait. It's finally uh, gonna happen. It's That's finally right. gonna happen. It's it's the weirdest thing because I feel like we we text <laughs> all the time. We do this podcast once a week. I just like it. It blows my mind that this is the first time I'm actually going to like breathe the same air as you guys. It's pretty weird. <laughs> Well, Pretty you know, weird, but it's that's the power of Star Wars. You know what I mean? It yeah. is, it is. And and to go back to the the memories real quick for those of you who don't know the the ICC Con in Nashville, uh, the brainchild of Mr. Michael Havens, I believe. Correct. He kind of threw all this thing together. How many years back, Jim and Matt? Started in 2018. 2018. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it probably started off much smaller than what it's going to be here in 2023. And I knew I know the story of dirt floors and William Shatner and all kinds of things from way back then, but it's really blown up and we're really excited. But, you know, speaking of breathing the same air, we were so excited because last year going on that live stage with you guys and, and letting or you guys letting us be in there was awesome. And and I think it was really fun because Brent, who who can't be with us tonight, he mentioned it that hey, Brent. what's that? Shame on you, Brent. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, <laughs> Brent, he, He's always busy. Um, and and if we're not if we're talking about toys or something, he doesn't want to be here anyway. But um, <laughs> but uh, he was like sitting there going, you know, we meet these guys on a Friday, and yes, we've texted with them, and we've emailed with them, and things. He goes, we meet him on Friday though. He was like, by the time we left Saturday, he was like, I felt like we were all best pals, like we were just grooving. All right, it was all in a really good groove, and everything was going well. And and I would agree. I think the podcast room was fantastic and that's that's what you guys are really about that's the part you're involved with right i mean there's yes. tons of stuff going on if you want to give our listeners kind of a thirty thousand foot view of icc con and then narrow it down into what you guys do feel free want to be chime in and share well, what you what you want to do so we are you know obviously what the convention started off from michael havens and it is very heavily you know based in Star Wars in theme, that's Michael's baby. He loves it. Um, now, that's not been totally been the whole vision the whole time. We are slowly going to be expanding and bringing in other fandoms. We've already done a little bit of it here and there, but over, over the next several years, you're going to see a whole lot more expansion in theme. Yes, right. there is always going to be a heavy Star Wars element to the convention. Obviously, Star Wars is in the name of the convention, but um, there's going to, we're going to expand out and bring in more fandoms. And it's all about creating um, a wonderful convention experience that the average family can go to and not have to take out a loan from a bank to go and actually have fun and enjoy and meet stars and have access to these wonderful collectible toys and have ex uh, access to these wonderful experiences in these panels. Um, and um, so that's, that's been our goal is to be able to bring 
a top-notch, high-level convention experience. But honestly, too, based on a lot of the conversations we've had lately internally, we are kind of working to redefine what is what we are. Are we a convention? Are we a festival? Because this year is going to be absolutely crazy because we're going to have access to almost 300 acres of property. Um, we are going to have tens of thousands of square more square footage to work with. Uh, we're going to have access to pavilion, outdoor pavilions. Um, we are going to be doing, um, you know, music all over the place. Local music, we're going to be bringing in all kinds of acts that you've heard of that have charted on top 40. We're going to be bringing in stand-up comedians. We're going to be bringing in people to do magic shows. We're going to be, there's just going to be something for everybody. We're going to have um, after convention hour concerts from some headlining acts. So when everything shuts down, there's still going to be that going on. Um, and then you've got, you know, the, the host hotels. We're working on trying to create an experience at the host hotels for everybody. So that way, all the content creators kind of group together, um, all of um, uh, the, you know, the vendors can group together, all of um, uh, the, um, um, the uh, cosplayers, sorry, yeah. the cosplayers, and try to help those people try to, you know, just, it's all about creating community and building people up. And that kind of bleeds into our room. Um, we, we run uh, the production in the podcast room. And so we try to bring in, you know, content creators, YouTubers, um, podcast creators, um, anybody who's creating content out there that is about sci science fiction fandom, more mm -hmm. or less. Um, and we want to bring those into an environment where we, not only us, but all of the other shows that we bring in, we want everybody to work together and help build everybody up. There's so much toxicity out there that we've seen over the years. Um, yeah. it, it just not just in just in fandom alone, but um, you know, there's so much so much of a competitive nature, I guess. Um, and what you were alluding to earlier when you guys were there and you, uh, we got to meet each other and talk to each other, get to know each other and about, you know, not even halfway before halfway through, oh, yeah. it felt like we were already friends and it was just a flow to everything. That's what we want. Right. We want to bring people in, build you up, build up your show and, uh, you know, network and help each other, you know, us help you, you help us. You right. help the other guy. The other guy helps you. You know that's that's the type of um, atmosphere we're trying to build in that podcast room because, and we we're trying we're going to be scheduling uh, shows with some, you know a lot of the special guests um, so that way we can bring people in that you know to the room and make awareness of the room. Um, but then we also like to like you all experienced last year. We like to leave room open for those impromptu shows which were blast which yeah were so those were so fun, fun. <laughs> those were so fun i had so much fun with that go ahead Matt. i would like to add uh to what jim said like jim jim's talking about the framework of the entire convention itself but on the other side you know because he, he he's one of the board members so he's got to build it up but like if you think about of, as a as, as a fan as someone who's gone to many different cons this is something different 
um, when you think about conventions. And as y'all know, because you were there, there's a whole different culture to this con. This is a con that you want to come to and stay all weekend. Mm -hmm. Like you want to come to not just for Star Wars. There were so many different things that you can be a part of. Um, you know, like there was a D&D room, there was a game room, there was a cosplay room, there was a cosplay repair room, there was a um, whole mess of vendors, different vendors, there was patch, uh, there was like patch hunts, there was all these different things that you could be a part of. And when you get there, like Jim said, we, the whole con is built to break down the barrier of toxic fandom. So like you want to bring everybody together. Like there was even a room for um, random fan, like random fandoms. Um, <laughs> like there was like an alien, uh, aliens movie group. There was all kinds of stuff. I there remember that. There was all kinds of stuff, stuff that we mm -hmm. didn't even know were going to be there. And then, so when you get down there, you find these things out, you connect with somebody mm -hmm. and just speaking as, someone who works with a lot of people that suffer from anxiety and stuff like that. Some people are kind of afraid to get into the con con life because of big groups and stuff like that. You were going to meet somebody and you were going to make a friend for life. Like that's just almost guaranteed coming down to ICCC, no matter what you are coming for, even if you want to run down, try to find that toy, yep. you're going to find a friend on the way that's going to help you. Like you just get down there and be like, Hey man, I've been looking for, uh, this vintage Darth Vader from 1970, blah, blah. And he's like, let's go on a hunt. We're going to find it. And yep. like, you will do that. Yep. So that not only do you have an amazing show that's building every single year that Jim gets to be a part of, it's an amazing show, but there is a culture that's already set from five years ago that is just building. You are going to build a family as well as a fandom. And if you are, if you're new to collecting, this is a great convention to come to because you're there are a host of people there that will educate you on everything and um, not make you feel stupid about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so if you are in new to collecting or wanting or always wanted to, or maybe you're finally at that level where you can start collecting um, vintage toys, this is a great place to get started because there's so many people who will come from a place of love and show you you know, the, the right way to do it, what to look for and everything. Well, I can tell you from firsthand experience and Alfie, you, you can kick in with me here. One, we got to meet uh, Jessica, the Duchess of Darksaber Light, who, who runs, who awesome. ran her own podcast. We got awesome. her a chance to interview Anna Graves, who is Satine mm -hmm. in the Clone Wars, which was fantastic. We got to go watch a show with Ashley Eckstein, James Arnold Taylor, Matt Lanter, and Anna Graves, hosted by oh, Kevin Lyle, which was awesome. Uh, somebody got to watch Anthony Daniels last year. So one I of saw our that group, one. Yep. One of our group got to watch Ian McDermott. Then, then while we're doing all that, we're going over and the amount of artwork you have, like you mentioned the patch hunt. I forgot completely about that, but there were people with patches all over the, the, <laughs> the con. Then you had the best artwork I've seen at a con where you could get any genre you wanted. And it was, it could be done in a cute cartoon, cartoony way, or it was done in a real like serious uh, you know, deep, dark artwork. You had people who were making their own toys based on certain certain fandoms. That was fantastic. Uh, you know, we we got to meet the Hyperspace Heroes podcast down there. We've had some interaction with them since then. Uh, like you said, you had a pro wrestler who we did a show with. 
you know, we, we met some of the cosplayers. They've been on our Rule of the Galaxy show. We met then. Willie Harms, one of our listeners. One of our listeners walks up and goes, hey, Brent. Brent goes, who are you? <laughs> he goes, I'm Willie. I listen to your show. And, and he was like, oh, crap, people know who I am, right? Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the amount of things you're hitting on there, the touch points and the breaking down of the barriers – was huge there. And I think you all go in, we all go into something with a little trepidation, right? Like that's why I think those first few minutes when we're all setting up the table and we're all looking around, like what the heck have we gotten ourselves into? And then the next thing you know, we're joking and we're going, Hey, we've got 15 minutes. One, one of you guys from this podcast and one of you from this podcast come up and we're going to just throw a topic at you. Yeah. And it was some of the best stuff that anybody did was just randomly going into that. So we're all super excited about it. Um, why don't we tell people the the best website to go to and the, the actual dates and where everything's located? So the um, best website is IC, the letters I, the letter C, Nashville.com. And that will take you to the convention main page. And the dates this year are going to be May 26th through the 28th, the last weekend of May. Um, so, and one thing I would like to direct your, everybody's attention to is the news. If you go to the, the menu right mm -hmm. now, you really want to be watching, um, uh, the news page because that's where we're doing all the releases for all the, uh, people who will be at the special guests, um, who will be attending. Um, it came out, you know, um, earlier this week that we're bringing back Jim Swearingen. Mm -hmm. if you don't know who Jim Swearingen in, he is responsible for, creating all these original star wars toys that we all love um and he it is so fascinating to talk to him um uh, about his concepts and how he um came to you know uh draw some of these and come up with some of these characters um they released today uh carly king who is um uh, an influencer um she's over you know millions of followers on social media she's known for her lightsaber twirling and whatnot but she you know her right <laughs> i'm actually looking at her right now yeah. okay sorry I'm, i saw um, that they were teasing another announcement so yeah, yeah so i'm sorry jim he's we're actually going to be doing um uh, um main stage uh live streams this year and um uh, she's going to be our host um awesome. for those live streams so um, but yeah, so you pay, go to the icnashville.com. That's where you, you want it. to go. You got it. Well, we, we will keep, go ahead, Alfie. Uh, will you have the tattoo booths again this year? Yes. Um, I mean, tattoos are probably always going to be there. Mike's huge on tattoos. So okay. I think Mike, I think actually, I think Mike actually got a tattoo one of the years at the company. I got one last year. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet. There, man, I love going by that booth and seeing some of the artwork they're doing. It yeah, is it was pretty so phenomenal. Yeah, it was pretty good. I got I, I watched uh I watched a uh a lady get a full-on detailed colored in boba fett on her calf. Mm. And that was intense. That was but but man, did it look good. Yeah, I saw a Yoda with the lightning and the lightsaber, and it yeah. was out of this world. Yeah, I uh, I want to keep coming to IC uh, the IC con uh, ICC con. So uh, I've kind of made a deal with my wife, uh, no tattoos. So uh, I think if I don't <laughs> if I don't get the tattoos, I'll watch Alfie and I'll film his. Um, but 
I, 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 you know, happy wife is a happy life, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow that code until they, until uh, they take me away. So, um, uh, I'll be getting you. another one this year, <laughs> another helmet. So, we live vicariously through you. Just have to figure out which one. Okay. Um, DDoc, well, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say too was like I had obviously my situation last year, which I'm not having. I'm not pregnant right. Well, obviously my wife's not <laughs> pregnant right now. Don't have to worry about that right now. But um, it's funny because I wasn't able to be there, but a lot of people knew I was a part of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. So like I've had people follow me who these guys met at the con. It's like I know who Headless Ned Stark is, mm -hmm. and apparently he met you guys there. Yeah, and he's I've interacted with him ever since the I I triple C like just because he knew I was a part of rule of the galaxy and like yeah. not even just like the star Wars stuff, just like other pages and stuff. And I don't know, it's pretty cool. Like it, I was like so bummed that I could not go, but like the streaming that you guys did and everything, like that's mm -hmm. another thing like to compliment it was like, I was able to kind of still feel like I was a part of it. Cause I was able to watch like the guys do the live stream and everything and like i've seen some stuff that they'll be like live streaming stuff as well this year i mean you guys had an awesome setup like the audio was perfectly clean the cameras and everything so i'm just really excited to be there this year that was all jim <laughs> toot, toot your horn bro that was all him. Uh, I'm, I'm the pretty face I'm the <laughs> yeah i'm i'm the guy who does all the technical stuff i'm the producer <laughs> Drive yeah, for show, setup. putt for dough, right there. That's we're yeah, we got driving for show and putting for dough right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know what, we we could go on all night about this. I'm sure we'll talk more about it because we've got plenty of things to play in, and and we're looking forward to it. But we also, you know, we had great stuff going on this week with Star Wars. Um, well, I wouldn't say great. We had news, but we had great shows that we can talk about. Uh, I'll start in before we get into the shows, and and. You know, we're seeing all this hubbub, and I think across the board, there's five of us on here right now. Mm -hmm. All five of us want to see the next Star Wars movie, and we want to see a good Star Wars movie. Yes. And from what I'm seeing and reading, or I'm sure you guys are reading the same thing, the Feige, the Jenkins, the Watiti might all be out the door on those movies right there. Alfie's nodding, Matt's nodding, Jim's nodding. Yeah, uh, guys. Are we hoping and praying that in April when they do the Star Wars celebration, there's something to backfill that? Or are we all going to keep going as Star Wars fans and not see a movie for years? Go ahead. I don't. Or Jim. I'll go ahead. I was going to say, I, I they've got to see the writing on the wall that there is, you know, there's definitely a need and a fan cry. Uh, but they... I think the challenge is there was so much negativity surrounding the sequel trilogy um, that I think there might be some trepidation from writers and directors on the best way to approach that next sequel trilogy. Yeah. So um, I think that's what we're looking into, but um, I know we're going to get it. I think we're going to see some announcements, but I think we're a little ways away from seeing and I, I think they're going to keep concentrating on the tv shows to appease for the time being i got two things i got two things one brent it's good to see your beautiful face my friend ah brent <laughs> yeah there's my man and, and two i i'm kind of eating my words because when marvel ended with endgame i was like they need to take five years and come back 
and they didn't do it, and we're kind of seeing the result. Star Wars did it, and now I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, maybe it was too long. So <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> Alf, Alfie or D-Doc before we go talk to Mr. Brent go ahead Alfie or D-Doc I think I agree with you guys that there's a need for it there's a want for it but I think there's too much pressure on there to be a movie and each mm -hmm. one of them is going to get shot down before it comes out because mm -hmm. this next movie has to be absolutely perfect and it has to open the doors to the future and how do you do that I mean, The Force Awakens did a great job in being like a transition film, like from one trilogy to the next. Got people excited. It filled the seats. Whether you say it's a, a New Hope rewrite or whatever, it doesn't matter. It filled the seats. Mm -hmm. Got people excited for the next movie. And yeah. now the end of the sequel trilogy, we were just talking about this today at work. There's What do you build off of that? There's no one left. Yeah, so you you have to come up with a new idea, a whole new story, and it has to be so perfect to. But why do we? But why do we have to? Wait, do we do we carry on from there, or do we tell a different story? Well, the problem. How about, with, how, about I, Knights, how about Knights of the Old Republic? I agree with that. Yeah, that's a that's a fine idea, but there, there's always going to be people investing their money that are going to say, "I want a basis or for something." To make this film and the mm -hmm. easiest way to do it is like the force awakens okay we get a group b group b groups our future but we're gonna you know our swan song to the a group so with the sequel what i'm saying is with the next movie it's coming from a pretty clean slate and it has to be good enough that disney is going to say we're going to continue investing money in the star wars franchise yeah as far as movies go yeah. And, and that's like the statement because Iger was talking today, like to investors. And that's what he said was pretty much he was talking about like he 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 made sure to say that the sequel trilogy did really well financially. So like there, he says basically the sequel trilogy has nothing to do with any of the problems that they're having as far as continu continuing to make a movie. He blames it on Solo that like pretty much he literally said solo was an eye-opener to us like hmm. and it's bs that he's doing that because their timing was terrible on it they changed directors the last jedi came out before it a lot of people didn't like it it was just like a there there was a turd in the punch bowl for that movie there's no other way to say it the, like the truth is is that new ideas are hard to make yeah it, it's yeah. hard to invest a lot of money into a new idea True. when you don't have luke skywalker to get people in the seats I got a great idea. I got, I got a great idea. I wish I worked for Disney to give this great idea. And it could be a placeholder, very cheap. I already shared with Jim. There are so many, there are so many stories in the books and in games that we've had. What about animated movies that go straight to Disney of stories that we've always wanted to see? And I've said it before, Shadows of the Empire. It doesn't have to be a live action movie. Make Don't tease me like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like that. It's cheap to make. Big, well, probably not for Disney because they'll use the Bad Batch animation, which is the most expensive, expensive animation on planet Earth. But they have the animation. It could be a good placeholder. You can have new voices in it. It will create new stars. 
and it will give us something that we could watch in between them trying to figure this crap out for the live action stuff. I'm, I'm a genius. I'm a billion. This is what I do. <laughs> now, and the, the big problem that that uh, we we have here is also you have to remember that this is the company that rewrote Kenobi so many times through six years and dwindled a trilogy down to a six episode miniseries. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just this is a company that struggled with the easy stuff. A Boba Fett movie. I mean, really, that I'm like, doesn't that kind of write itself? And you know, it you couldn't get it done. It became a little mini series. It got it morphed into another show. Yeah. Well, Ando 2.0. That's right, Brent. Before we go on to the next subject, welcome aboard, my friend. These guys, Jim and Matt, were both like, "Where's Brent? We need to see Brent." And then you <laughs> magically appeared. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'm 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 flabbergasted, but there's a part of me that is happy that I missed out on this movie discussion <laughs> because it's not going to happen anytime soon. No, and and I've said that I don't know how many times. And I was looking at some of the forums. I think one of the ones that Alfie shared with us, one of the posts or the comments was, "We only like this happens all the time in Hollywood," which is this the mantra that I beat. Name a Marvel on. movie. Tell okay, Black Adam. I'm gonna go back to Black That's Adam. That's a DC movie. That's fine. I got you. We don't know what I'm saying to you, Alfie. Is I don't study <laughs> Marvel. I don't jump into the Marvel spoilers. I don't know. I can tell you there are probably Marvel movies and Marvel projects that are on the shelf that probably got started and were pitched and got started and were put on the shelf. We just don't know about it because we're not in that world. It's the fact that people are so into this and we're plugged into the Star Wars that you hear about these movies that are getting started, but then they get put on the shelf. Name now, a Marvel movie you saw a trailer for that didn't get made. What trailer did you see? It wasn't a trailer. It was a, it was a sizzle reel of her roller skating into the uh, Air Force place to get into an X-Wing. That's right. a, that wasn't a trailer. It was a sizzle reel. That's one. That's okay. the one Name that a Marvel movie of. that you saw a sizzle reel for that didn't get made. I don't study Marvel. I don't I, know. But that's Can visual. We, it guys, was on the internet. To, we need to save this heavy promoted. hitting. Save this heavy hitting for May in Nashville. You guys are gonna. We're gonna slug this. it out. <laughs> Let me ask you this. On a on a on a business standpoint, <laughs> do you think? that Star Wars is hurting itself more by all this waiting or Marvel is hurting itself by flooding the market with Marvel movies. I think Marvel's hurting themselves by flooding. More than I, Star I Wars. They, I, yeah. yes. I would agree, but Ant-Man 3 is still making a profit. Um, no, I mean, there's, I'm not saying that they can't be profitable. Um, I'm just saying, you know. Quality of movie. Yeah, it's the quality. Now, quality, that's different. And again, again, and I, would agree I, also with you. Go, I also go back to not, I really hate the fact that we've educated people that every movie has to be Avengers Endgame level. Right. Um, well, that, I, uh, Jim, I go with another step. I think that everyone is expecting every movie to have some larger connection because of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe did and how successful it was. Yeah, I think every, every, 
every franchise coming after that Marvel Cinematic Universe's first 22 movies Mm -hmm. is going to suffer in comparison to those first 22 movies. And the Star Wars and every Star Wars fan who is also a nerd and who is also a fan of the Marvel movies is looking at Marvel and saying, they did it. Why can't we do it? And so that is suffering in the fandom, in my opinion. I think because they're not talented enough. Oh, okay. We should be able to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> figure out how how do you advance a new or build and advance a new storyline while appeasing OG fandom. Right, and so I think I'll go back to uh, what I was going to say was the Eternals, which is essentially the sequel trilogy for the Marvel Universe, wasn't as successful because it was in the same world as the sequel trilogy because it was new people with, that don't have a direct connection to the old world, completely mm-hmm. new story that wasn't really known real well, and it suffered and it was kind of meh to a lot of the Marvel fans. And I agree with Alfie. It is ridiculously hard to come up with a brand new idea, which is why you have so many recycled movies. You have so many uh, have so many franchise movies, or something that came out in the fifties that is now being remade in the twenty in twenty twenty. Those types of things. If, if, only, if only there were, if only there were like books, comic books, or you know, some <laughs> kind of other things out there we could pull ideas from. I mean, you know. But those don't exist. We got rid of those. Matt, you were going to say something. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Joe, can we get a Brent soundbite machine? I love the sound effects he's coming up with. I'm going to need like a button. You know what? Yeah. Jim. I'm going to make a Brent button for the podcast. Yep. It's fine. (laughs) That is fine. I can can do some other I like that pitch. We could do it too. (laughs) I I felt like I was in uh, Wizard of Oz. I mean, I I was thinking Willy Wonka. Okay. So here's my point, which I, I, I think like Alfie kind of is hinting at too. It's like, I have a cruise in the future on the Disney wish. They have this huge Marvel dinner area in it. They had Paul Rudd film stuff for Ant-Man. They've had Anthony Mackie do stuff where you have all these live action videos and everything around you. And then they hype up that there's a Star Wars bar in there. But like I've seen videos of the Star Wars bar and it's like screens and it's outer space and it kind of looks like Star Wars in the bar. So it's like it's like you have Hmm. this IP that had a successful formula that you could use things from it to make money. Like it blows my mind again for the zillionth time on this podcast that you can't take three chapters of the Mandalorian and put it in a freaking movie theater and up the budget of it a little bit, you will flood the movie theaters with fans. It doesn't need to be that big of a deal, but it could be a finale to a chapter. And then you can move on on TV and you can make that theater money and you can make that Disney plus money. Maybe you'll bring some more people into Disney plus because they'll say that star Wars movie is in theaters. I haven't watched the show yet, but I heard it's really good. Let's go see it. And then you got people wanting to watch the show. Like there's opportunity there that they squander with star Wars, because I I don't know if they're afraid of the fans or what. I think they're afraid of the, of the fans. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Go ahead, Brent. I think they're afraid of the backlash, right? Cause they don't know how to read fans, but I think the only thing that they could put in the theaters that would make, a killing is anything Mandalorian with baby Grogu. Yeah. So 
like at this point that's going to pull in the star Wars hardcores. That's going to pull in the average, the Disney plus fans. And you're still going to get the star Wars in the movie theater who are just the random fans that go to it because they just go to the movie theaters. So you're going to make a killing. If you do that, I agree with you, but I also think it's got to be the right story. That's a cinematic story. Like heir to the empire. Well, ahead, Matt. so like you can tell that people are afraid of t- touching something as sacred. I'm going to say sacred as Star Wars because it's it's almost so scarce. Like, you know, you look at all the sequels and how far in between it took to make the sequels and everything. It's like somebody had like, and I'm a Star Wars fan, born, raised Star Wars fan, but it's like they put Star Wars on this pedestal to where it's like, oh my God, we're going to dine with the gods by making a Star <laughs> Wars film. So it's almost like there's this fear of being attached to ruining something. Like, but this is, but it's only movies. Like you go to the shows, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm going to say it on your show. Boba Fett was a piece of crap. The show. <laughs> uh, like, but like, I'm not going and saying like man that you know director should be fired and never direct again there's so much like this person is saying it should be this and this person is saying this should should be this and the director is trying to make something from all the noise sure you get a result of boba fett like people need to step back nobody's going to come and tell uh dave filoni what to do dave filoni's established and now um help me out um Favreau? Favreau. 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 Like he's come in and proved himself. Yep. And like nobody's going to come and tell Favreau what to do. It's like kind of let them take the reins. Like <laughs> other people need to kind of step back and let them like take it over and be like, look, I trust him. I picked him. I'll have some creative, I'll get involved, but I'm not going to tell him this is how it should be done. There's right. just too many voices. And then people are so afraid of touching so sacred. This is why people are quitting or people are stepping back or being thrown off because there's too many voices in the air. I would agree with you. Go ahead, Brent. I would say that it's, I, I think it's Favreau first and Filoni second. And go. I think, I think it, but in my mind, and I'll just say that Favreau is the movie maker because you name a hit, that dude knows what he's doing. Right. I mean, he made Iron Man. He shot Elf, which is one of the better Christmas movies. Like he knows what he's doing as far as the movie making aspect. Lion King. Um, what was it? not Lion Book. King? Not Lion King. Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, I think he might have that they used the jumble, Jungle Book to make the Lion yeah. King. Yeah. No, I, I look, guys, I think we're all we're all preaching to the choir here. I think we're all on a very similar page. Um, and and with that. You know, I don't want to beat that up anymore. We, we, that horse is laying there. We've been hitting that stick. <laughs> so and now know, we're going to talk about fuel usage. We're gonna, <laughs> no, no, we're no. going to talk about Hasbro and their terrible toys no, usage. No, no, that's because <laughs> that's another. That's I'm another gonna horse you're going to beat, right? No, I mean that's a. I'm not going to allow that. Have a show on that. I'm with him. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some things that are fresh and right in front of us, and things that have caught our attention this week that disney plus i think has um 
done well this week. So uh, we'll, we'll give him kudos and say, I think this was, we're moving in the right direction, especially with, and I'll start with the, the little brother to Mandalorian. I'll start with the Bad Batch. Um, the Bad Batch this week, I'll, I'm going to give it two thumbs up right from the very beginning. I thought it had good characters. I thought it had good character stories. Uh, I, again, I thought the animation was great. It, it was great to have Crosshair back because I think we need to see Crosshair come back and either decide, is he going to stay one way or is he going to go another? Uh, I think learning more of how the Empire is handling the clones. It was brought up at the beginning. Hey, we're taking you off basically retirement. Uh, you know, and then you know, at the end with the stormtrooper gear, I thought all that was very well played out. Alfie said it in our text chain today that right now there should be a May Day six inch black series because that guy was a cool character. I thought that was a great yeah. character. Um, and this is Brent, this is where Hasbro has not hit on all cylinders because i know it takes planning the they've been filming this bad batch forever they could have said hey we we feel like this character is going to be you know hit uh but i thought his character was great crosshair i thought the empire the the uh lieutenant what was his name lieutenant nolan a good character he fit in that mold of the crappy imperial guy who had never been in a battle but he wanted to go lead everybody on things so i'm giving this one two thumbs up brent knows i you know Animation is where I, I really like the Star Wars animation. And Brent, I, I'm going to follow up to last week's show or the week before, whatever. The nostalgia this week, the, the the familiarity was having crosshair back, but the rest of it was fairly wide open. Now, right? We were in a new place, new characters, things like that. So we'll go around the room. And um, has everybody watched Bad Batch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll start with Matt, and I'll just follow the, my... Uh, my screen here and go from there matt what were your thoughts on bad batch the outpost i i i loved it because now i i kind of see where we're going like <laughs> the the episode before me and my son were watching and he was like you know we we enjoyed every single episode of bad batch like so far in my opinion it hasn't been a bad season i just didn't know where we were going like even my son said i go like did you did you like that he goes like yeah but what's the point you know i was like hmm i don't know like is it just bad batch doing jobs is it just what like this i'm like so i'm kind of like with this past episode i'm like all right you know with the clones and new character and like i'm like brent i'm just like brent every time i see a cool character i go like that's a new toy until unless they die right after that's what mandalorian does to me i go like new toy and then they die and then i'm like oh <laughs> you know like well okay they can't do that so, but yeah, like, and also I love the new colors of the Bad Batch uniforms. Like they're more vibrant. They've kind of separated themselves from the, you know, the elite squad. Now they're their own squad. So it's like, you know, uh, they're their own thing separated from the empire. They're, I, I love the new, I love the new colors. I love the crosshair is kind of making, you know, kind of making a comeback. I thought it was taken too long honestly but um you know just to make that decision but um i love that he's back i i think every every group needs uh you know keep it pg and an a-hole you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think every group needs that one um and i i think he just fits because 
this is why like Star Wars gets so popular is because it's never just a single character. It's always a group of characters for someone to grab onto. And I think Bad Batch does that really, really well because uh, everybody like my favorites Wrecker. I love Wrecker. Um, I just love the simple minded characters because I'm a simple minded kind of guy. So I just I love Wrecker. So I, I, I love this episode. I'm, I'm glad we have some direction now. I love this episode and I thought Metamorphosis did a really good job in setting up where we're moving towards as well. This one was just full of plot and, and story and character development. I just don't understand why we had like eight filler episodes where they were just going out and <laughs> looking for stuff to get to this point. Um, Cause I knew they had some great stories to tell, but. You're going to get three or four more filler stories, guaranteed. I hope they they forget their filler stories. Not at all, dude. You're going to go back to at least one more side job with Sid and the rest of the guys before they Uh, do anything else. I guarantee there's at least, I guarantee the next episode that I shouldn't say guarantee. My bet is the next episode is going to be another Sid episode where Omega and the rest of them are trying to do something. I don't, I'm kind of on a, on a toy standpoint. This would be really quick. I don't understand why we don't have a Marauder toy other than the Hot Wheel. I'm kind of upset. Like we're going to get the Naboo fighter from Mandalorian before we get the Marauder. And that's my piece on it. That's my <laughs> yeah. I do have a Lego of, the, of, of it, but, yeah. but it was like, I don't know. I think it's actually retiring uh, this year, so. Well, D-Doc, you, you just watched uh, this Bad Batch an hour before we started. Give us your fresh thoughts on, on this episode. Yeah, uh, once again, it's uh, the the visuals and the score are... I, I know Brent said he doesn't think about the score of it, but I mean, I, it's like the, we've had these two Crosshair episodes now where it only follows him. And it's like you enter it and you're like, oh damn, this is a crosshair episode and the mood immediately changes. You know what I mean? You're in his mind kind of with what's going on. And uh, it was really cool to to see this take place. I loved the snowy planet that they're on. I forget the name of whatever planet uh, that it was. I'm sure Joe has it written down. Barton 4. Barton 4, yeah. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was sweet. I um, didn't think too hard on that name, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of like some exact points. I actually saw a theory online that people were saying that when that flash went off, that it oh. was like the last thing that snapped Crosshair out of his mentality of kind of fighting for the Empire, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was an interesting take that it kind of like snapped him out of it completely. Uh, but I just think that for what snapped him out of it was just seeing this guy who was grinding similar to the way he is you know, doing his missions or whatever, and just being left out to dry and realizing Mm -hmm. these guys don't care about me. And that commander was with them proved that he literally does not care about him. And he got gun smoked. I have to say it. Yep. There we go. You beat me to the gun smoke. I was, um, I was gonna. I was gonna give it to Alfie. You gotta get Alfie saying. It. It's insane. It's such a good saying, though. You guys have all taken it over. It's our saying. Sorry, yeah, Alfie. Before I go to Alfie and before I go to Brent, I will say I I particularly cared for at the beginning. Well, towards the beginning, when Mayday was talking about, I'm a good soldier. I followed orders, and you could see Crosshairs brain just working like wait a minute that's what i've been saying and this guy's getting left out you know as you said out to dry 
And then later on, when somebody was, you know, Woody said, I wouldn't want this to happen to you because I wouldn't want to carry you. I wouldn't want to carry the dead weight. Right. And then Crosshair ends up carrying the dead weight. And I, I just those two things right there. I was like, man, that's just really good mental things for for an animated series right there. So um, Alfie, I'll go to you and then Brent on, on this. I thought it was a really good episode. I was really surprised to get such two strong episodes back to back. Um, I think it's a little too little too late though for this series, at least for me. Because um, like Brent, I feel there's going to be some filler coming up and I hate to see the show lose its momentum, especially one that had you know such a meaning to us who've followed the Clone Wars series we're really at the end here and the imagery of them you know going on basically a suicide mission to recover stormtrooper armor that's yeah i mean that that's freaking cold man yeah <laughs> and it's cold on the planet they're at so there you go exactly yeah. put that together had, all by yourself did you they had to they had to stay there for a month extra uh -huh. to guard stormtrooper armor I'm they had to stay yeah they lost the whole unit of clones to guard stormtrooper armor yeah and the dude cared more about stormtrooper armor, armor than he did about living clones. people yep i think that's why he finally snapped and it's about damn time somebody gun smoked <laughs> one of those imperials <laughs> it's about damn time but uh, he also right. woke up on mount tantive yeah that's what i was gonna say is are we in agreement that that was tantive where he was Waylon, mm -hmm. go ahead Alfie. so he, okay I think so we've you know since the beginning of bad batch it's always we we've talked about it a bunch of times it's bad batch who saves grogu right was one of our original theories when we saw that temple scene what if grogu ends up on mount tanis and then the bad batch save crosshairs and he would be there at the same time alfie don't don't do that man <laughs> don't do that you can't throw that out there because see now like if it doesn't happen i'm gonna come after you it's just you know it's just, i'm gonna come at you hard didn't didn't Filo didn't feloni say that they're not gonna cross that they're going to try and stay away from the Mando doesn't cross over with the other stuff. I, I, there, I thought I read some sort of that would article be a, shame. a I week would or love two ago. That. I would love some cross, like, cause I love the different universe thing. I, I would love some, man, how cool, even if for five seconds, if you saw in the background, some guys wearing the bad batch, they don't even have to talk. They're just back there, you know, like, just having that live action just back like uh in rogue one when you saw chopper roll right across that was it and like i didn't even catch it the first time because yeah. i don't have attention to detail sorry work um, <laughs> when we went back to see it for the second or third time they were like did you see that that was uh chopper i was like no way so you know we go back a third time because i have to see chopper and then there he is just chopper just rolling right across and i'm like excited about the movie again so it's like you know just little things like that you know they don't even have to have talking parts so i would love to see that is there anything 
Jim, Alfie, Doc, Brent, any any other parts of this episode that we didn't hit you feel like stood out before we move on to The Mandalorian? Alfie. My biggest problem with The Bad Batch, and as much as I say I love this episode because it was a really great episode, one thing I did not like about it is that it's continuing the story of the clones. And if you're going to keep dragging this story out, I don't want all this crappy filler episode in between it. Either be done with the Clone War story and find something else or, you know, really focus on finishing it. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Okay. Okay. But overall, would we, would we say thumbs up on this episode? On this Across episode, it was a great episode. Yeah. Great episode. Go ahead, D-Doc. I, I just have like a question, like overall, like not really story-wise. How do you guys feel now that we're two weeks into these shows running at the same time? Because I feel like my mind is so Mandalorian now. <laughs> and it's I'm... like, this was a good Bad Batch episode. But I'm like, at first, I'm like, this is going to be cool. There's two Star Wars shows running at the same time. And now I'm kind of like, I don't, I was really, I was really locked into Bad Batch following the story. And now I feel like I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I want to fully dedicate to both of them, obviously. And I am, but I don't know if Bad Batch feels different now that Mandalorian has started because it's like the Mandalorian is top tier Star Wars to me. So I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Like, Alfie, Alfie, go ahead, Alfie. yeah. Alfie first, go ahead. Okay, I'm remember this moment because I'm going to agree with Brent here for a second. Um, <laughs> one thing I don't like about it is that I keep watching so intently, waiting for there to be some background crossover, some something you know, some plot point that's going on in both shows, even though they take place in such different time frames. I keep expecting there to be something where they intertwine together. Yeah. Okay, my, my, my reason is not as deep as Alfie's, but I'm a little overwhelmed because as Jim knows, I can't handle more than one show at a time <laughs> because my brain just doesn't work that way. And this goes for any show. Like, so when I'm watching a show, I'd like to be invested in it. I like to know about it. I like to research the episode and things that I might have missed and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the theories and like uh, mm -hmm. Doc said earlier, theory of Crosshair coming out of it and everything. I love doing that stuff. But if there's more than one show on that, I got to do that. Then I feel like I'm at work and then I get a little overwhelmed. Then I want to cross <laughs> the hole and I just want to put a little blankie over, a little snuggie and just uh, go away from all TV. I just can't handle it. So it's like, I was getting used to that that uh, that formula of when one show ended and it didn't even have to be Star Wars. It was like a Marvel show played and then you got a week off and then the next Mar the next Disney show came on, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, whatever uh, came on. So it was like there wasn't always something overlapping. Mm -hmm. I could take one show at a time, uh, whether it was horrible or not. So I was like, I love that formula. Now that we got two Star Wars I'm a little overwhelmed. It's like, I want one to end. Give me a little break. And then I can go to the next one. I'm the wrong person to ask this question. I have an app. <laughs> he, know, he knows what I'm about to say. I have an app. So I've probably got 30-ish shows, active shows that I'm watching right now. And I have an app called Next Episode. <laughs> he, can't, he can't handle it. 
Um, Looking that so up right now. My brain, my brain can <laughs> immediately unplug. I mean, I can unplug, go to the next show, watch it, plug in. I can unplug, go to the next show, and in, just and continuously engage in everything that I'm watching. I'm used to that, and my fandom goes across so much stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, I have the ability to keep up with. I mean, they, I, I'll take all the Star Wars stuff they want to throw at me at one time. I'm 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 adding this right now because I want to check it out. Me that too. Looks good. Um, the answer while Joe's still staring yes, at his ahead. phone and downloading the app. My answer to this is I watched The Bad Batch first, then I watched Mandalorian. So I don't have to be – if I feel like if I watch The Mandalorian first, then I'm not going to want to go back and watch The Bad Batch because The Mandalorian is at a different quality. It's at a different level. It is fantastic, right? The Bad Batch is in the animation. You don't have to pay as much attention to it. You can listen to it. You don't have to see the visuals. If you miss something, you could go back and watch it. It's only 25 to 30 minutes, yada, yada, yada. So I'm not really as invested when I watch The Bad Batch as I am when I'm watching The Mandalorian, but I usually watch The Bad Batch first, then I watch The Mandalorian because I think that helps me, allows myself to be transitioned between the two. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. I do Bad Batch first and then Mandalorian. And and, and I kind of felt like this. going Guys, you remember a few weeks back, I said, is this going to change? Are we going to look at this in a different way? Is Bad Batch going to have to raise its game for people to want to keep following it because Mandalorian steals everybody's heart? Mando, Mando and Grogu. That's another reason why I don't think they need to have any more filler episodes. I mean, if they're going to sure. maintain everybody's attention, people are going to drift if they keep throwing in more filler um, because everybody's going to migrate to Mando. I think, and this is what I said, and I will say it since you're on here. I think everybody's already migrated to Mando because Mando has a, such a larger viewer base. I feel like the people that are watching Bad Batch are the niche fans, are the Clone Wars fans, are the 20 something fans. They're the ones that, and I feel like they will watch it. They may not watch it right on the day that it's dropped. They may go back and watch it once Mandalorian's over and there's the dead period before we get the next series. But the people who are watching the Bad Batch are going to be the people who are watching Bad Batch. And I feel like they're going to watch it. Um, yeah. And the babies today are watching the Grogu show. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's um, still baby Yoda in our house. About, like to jump into the Mandalorian. What's yeah. I Din Djarin is by far one of my favorite characters of all time in Star Wars because I love the mysterious it, mysteriousness of the character. I love Mandalorians. I love grew up a Boba Fett fan. So I love that there's a new Mandalorian I could focus on. But my one no that's not one qualm but this this is a big one is i feel like they they have to bring in these characters to relate too much to like the kids like i i felt like they brought in grogu and then they could have had a grogu show to separate it like they could have done that i'm i'm good with that but now they brought him back and it's like oh my gosh it's like he mandalorian doesn't need the grogu now i'm kind of understanding because they're given a little bit more context to Grogu, but I'm still, it's its like Alfie said with the Bad Batch, I'm just kind of over it. And now it's like, now we got Babu. Like, I, I love Babu, but you know, in the, the movie, he was great. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need any more of him. Go watch the movie. Like, he was great in the movie. Like, everybody's downing, you know, the movies, but you know, he was a great character in the movie. I don't need to be flooded now with Babu. Now we're going to have Babu dolls. Well, I think there was already a Babu doll, but mm -hmm. 
but they need these like kid characters to bring in the kids. And I'm like, all right, bring them in, then separate them, bring Babu in, then go put them on the Grogu show. You know, but if we didn't have Gro, if we didn't have Grogu, how could Timmy save him from the well? Yeah, he's like saving the day. It's like I'm, I'm, he's Lassie. He's like Lassie, go yeah. go get Grandpa. Lassie, go. <laughs> Timmy's in the well. Lassie, go get him. He I did that in this episode. Yeah, a better analogy or metaphor towards the towards Grogu than that. That is that needs to be a T-shirt. Grogu's Lassie. Like I love it. I mean, like it are, was he not Lassie? Convention. Was yeah. he not Lassie? One hundred percent. Totally agree. And, and Bo-Katan was the grandpa back at the house. As soon as, as soon as the little <laughs> real, poor real. As, as soon as that little eggshell started flying out of the well, I was like, "Oh, Lassie, go, 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 save Timmy. He's at the well." Go get Jim, grandpa. Jim, how about you? Your your thoughts? Anything that really stood out to you, or where where'd you stand on this episode of of uh, Mandalorian? I absolutely love this show. It is like, like Doc was saying, it is top notch Star Wars. I love it. I am totally invested in it. Um, none of the things, I mean, I, none of these other things are, I mean, I, you can have as much Grogu in it as you want for me. I, it doesn't bother me at all. And I love the way that they're starting to push forward his character a little bit more. He's starting to talk and be more animated and kind of be more independent and um, driving his little eggshell thing around and, um <clears throat> i like the dynamic that's developing between din and bo um and i think that's going to come to i mean i think that's going to play mm-hmm. in a little bit later but um i really really want this to have a, a payoff in you know just i know i know how we all feel about boba fett the book of boba fett but I really want this to pay off with a lead into Ahsoka somehow. Um, and, and so I would really, um, I am super excited about Grand Admiral Thrawn come into live action and, you know, it would really just explode my nerd head. If like he like was like a little cameo here or something in Mando before Ahsoka comes out and that's how they tease him before the show. I mean, that we've already know he's coming um but uh anyway as far as this episode goes i loved it i thought it was fantastic brent i'll go to you next um so i already said lassie i'm seeing what what was the other one there was another <laughs> little um flipper. It's fun. you could have flipper the the dolphin who was basically lassie in the water right uh <laughs> i'm I mean, old i remember flipper so i'm old yes go ahead okay i, oh, I remember flipper okay I'm trying, like, there was a couple of, it'll come to me as we get talking more details about it. But no, I enjoyed the episode completely. I've watched it twice. Um, probably watch it two more times before the next one comes out. Um, I enjoyed the Grievous-like being yes. that was down there. I mean, he walked around like Grievous and started sucking out. The, yeah. That was so weird, though. I mean, it was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> but it was something that was interesting. Um, I liked the fact that Grogu did his little kick flip out of the uh, Naboo Starfighter into Pelimoto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's certain like there's little details that I'm trying to think of. Um, I also like Bo-Katan's jetpack in the water. First, mm-hmm. she jumped in five seconds after him. She should have been able to catch him before he hit the bottom. 
Second, Science. second, she was diving at an angle, and it he dropped it would drop straight down. So I'm curious as to how they she found him. I thought the mythosaur got him. The mythosaur down. I thought the mythosaur was dead because the eyes were dead. There was and it didn't move when she jetpacked past him. I thought the eyes opened up. Yeah, I thought it was alive. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think they did one of these. I think it was one of these, like where it just opened as she was going by. I don't know. I thought it was because isn't it supposed to be dead and tamed in the bottom of the soothing waters of Lake Minnetonka? But the armor <laughs> said in the first season that it would come back. <laughs> yeah, basically, when it's oh. time for Mandalore to yep. be reborn, that the mythosaur would come back. Yep. Okay, I thought it was like they, he would emerge from the mythosaur because this He's- is kind of the way. He's emerging from this tomb of the mythosaur. Um, the, and which brings me to like the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey is part of it is coming out of a tomb or encapsulation, uh, a rebirth. There is a rebirth part. So it could be the fact that Mandalorian starts to change and things start to change for him because he's had this rebirth. Um, and then the next piece was, and I don't know the exact wordage, and Alfie, you might have to help me. <clears throat> Why was Bo-Katan so good with the Darksaber and Din Djarin sucked ass? She's wielded it. She's used yeah, it a lot. And then th- this whole thing keeps getting kind of rewritten a little bit. But it does. She has a clear focus on what she wants. Mm-hmm. Same reason why Moff Gideon was able to wield it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's kind of been the whole thing with Din Djarin's character is he... Grogu's so, dad is he a Mandalorian? Is he, you know, a child of the Watch? What is it exactly he wants to be? So, because he really didn't want to be the ruler, he didn't have that power, mm-hmm. that drive. Right. And the saber was a piece of shit for him. Correct. He couldn't do pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they said that in Book of Boba Fett, correct? That's yeah, what I'm trying to figure that out. goes all the way back to like Kanan and Sabine when he trained her uh-huh, how to use it. Yes. Yeah. Wow, we're we're pulling back rebel stuff there. I like it. Um, there's, more, there's more detail on on the comic side. There's more detail about the dark saber in the comics. Really I don't know if you're interested in the Clone Wars comics, but yeah, there's a lot more detail about. I I, le- I read a lot of Star Wars comics and the novelizations, so that you can get a lot more uh, detail hmm. about it, especially in the history of Mandalore in the comics than you could in the show and movies. And- Nice. So, <laughs> while, while, while we're like on the uh, <laughs> while we're on the topic of uh, Mandalore, the way of water, my question is when he <laughs> when, <laughs> when he here's my question because I actually said this, I, I group watched with my brother and my buddy, neither of them have ever watched a single second of animated Star Wars, which wow. I like the experience just because they. <laughs> They just think Bo Katan is hot. Every time she's walking around, I just hear them going like, mm, mm, who's she? I'm just like, you, you could know more about her if you really wanted to. But did did uh did Din Djarin's Beskar just drop him off that ledge? Is that why he fell to the bottom? Is that all that happened, or did something pull him down? Because to me, I'm like, is Beskar heavy enough to drop you in water and not be able to swim? Cause he took yes. his jetpack off. Uh, yeah. So, so is that all that happened that he just didn't see a ledge and just fell off, you know? Cause like I, I, that scene, it was really powerful because even though Bo-Katan's wearing her helmet, you can tell when he's doing that, she's looking at him like, 
you know, I know I've been basically like shooting everything he's been saying down, but she's like, is he really that dude right now? Like you could tell he's, she's watching him like, Hmm, like I'm kind of like buying into you a little bit. I don't know. I almost felt a little, little bit of uh, love between, between her and him. There's some development going on between them two that I, that I'm really interested in. Which just kind of begs the question. Does he take the helmet off? (laughs) We're going back to that question. All right. Um, <laughs> Alfie, you had some more to say before we get into that. Star Wars After Dark. <laughs> I really like this episode. Uh, like I said in the text or on Twitter, you know, this was kind of, you know, like a little love letter to the Clone Wars. As he's walking through the ruins, you know, mm-hmm. think of all the episodes that we saw where this was a vibrant, you know, city with Mandalorians flying everywhere. And now it's a tomb. Uh, I agree that there is there was a little connection there between Bo and Din Djarin. You know, they do have different ideals. They came from different sects of Mandalore culture, but he believes in it wholeheartedly, just like she did in season two. That you know, in that you know the, the way, I guess you should say. I was really excited about the Mythosaur. You know we've i know it's been in the eu and stuff like that but mm-hmm. still just see it in live action and it had the horns you know i felt like you know alan grant when he was on the tree you know saw the dinosaurs for the you know it really right. has horns you know it's just like your tattoo exactly and you know the whole thing while i'm watching this show i'm thinking i knew this was coming but in the second episode where is the season going we got here really fast to this yeah. point. Well, and, and I think you pointed out that the next episode is an hour long, right? 55 minutes long. I mean, that that's almost a movie right there. So they're going to be able to pack a lot of stuff in there. A lot of filler, Brent. A lot of filler between the key points. And I, I'm not, I don't like to pat myself on the back here, but seeing those articles today about the pirates being in Skeleton Crew. Mm. Yes. You it just seemed that. too obvious to me in the first episode. You absolutely nailed that. You said, what if these are the pirates that affect the, the skeleton crew on that series? And they came out with it right away. Would that not be a sick opening for the next series to be like a, you know, kind of reverse out of frame shot of this battle that's coming up and the school kids getting away? Mm-hmm. I, I like that would it. Be pretty sweet. Um, we talked we talked about Grogu earlier and whether whether Grogu needs to be there, whether you like Grogu there. I will say this. My wife, one of the only shows she watched me of Star Wars, she watches all the movies with me. But as far as the Disney Plus shows, the only show she'll really watch with me is Mandalorian. And Grogu is what she loves about it. She she's like, I wanna I wanna see every time he's cute, right? Like I I'll put up with all the stuff I don't understand and you can explain it to me off to the side as long as I can see a little cute uh you know baby baby yoda there so so i think i think it does hit you're right for somebody like me or matt like you does it need to be there for the story maybe maybe they're building building the where he's gonna save it all and he's gonna come out in his little tiny mandalorian suit to end the whole thing uh but but yeah i mean it does serve its purpose because kids uh ladies who are <clears throat> not in star wars or people who are not in star wars I think, hey, Grogu's cute. He serves a purpose. I love a whole other demographic. Yep. 
I love that they brought up Boot the Eve. I know it was silly. It was Pelimoto. I like that little bit of comedy there. Yeah, I I, I thought it was cute. They added that. I love that the Jawas were doing exactly what they did in Kenobi to where they were taking the stuff from the ship and then just reselling it. Um, Loving that R5-D4 who, you know, here I am with all my, my toys from 1978 and 79, all that stuff, and have my little R5-D4 from 1978 right here and to see that this dude who basically was a meaningless few seconds in the original movie is still playing a role and whether it's comic relief or whatever it's kind of cool that they're throwing that in there and Favreau and Filoni have talked about it and we've all discussed on this show they're playing in a toy box and they're saying who can we take that didn't really have an effect on major things but bring everybody back to go oh I know that so I was really I was really cool and happy with that the I'll go right to well, Bogotan. I think she's a great character. I liked her in Clone Wars. I liked everything they've got going with her. The Duchess online. I don't know if you've been watching her on Twitter. She's been doing like story after story about what her age should be. I, I'm gonna be like Brent and just let my mind wander and not worry if she's this old, that old. That'll all come put together. But um, the Grievous one, I'll bring that up because I'm watching that the, the Grievous like character. It, to see that to where he's moving around like Grievous, his arms and legs were like Grievous, and then have the human eye looking out that little portal at the front of that droid cyborg kind of setup. And then when everything went to crap and the only thing he could do is get up as his little head and walk away. Um, I'm really interested. I kind of want to know where that's going. That was a cool little side story where I'm like, I want to know what's going on there because it, it, you just don't have, creatures like that we, we've seen you know general grievous so it's like is there anything is there anything going on from because that was you know mandalore got blown up by the empire what after after the clone wars right grievous died right before revenge of the sith right i mean right at the end of attack of the clones so or was it no it was in revenge of the sith sorry but i mean all that was going on were there other test things going on over here that we weren't aware of i don't know but that one kind of caught my eye because i it did freak what me. did it need the blood for i think to keep it alive because i think it does have organic things inside of that robot cyborg kind of gear there so hey joe i i yeah. think you'll get the answer to that the same time you get the answer to why maz Kanata had the saber Oh dear gosh! <laughs> I I honestly I feel like that 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 was just to throw a little weird little wrinkle into it, make people think that it looks like Grievous, and they're just gonna move on, and you're not gonna see a character like that again. Okay, Brent, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm it was still... a very cool character. I'd like to know more about it because when it came out of the yeah, I like the scene or whatever. It looked like a yes. Geonosian. True. Okay. It did um i, I mean the, the fact that it was like it had like the trap i was like what the hell's going on here i thought there wasn't supposed to be anything alive and then this weird ass thing came out and it started walking around like grievous yeah how long had it been waiting there you know shit <laughs> well see the only thing i can it was think getting of those like, other characters though yeah it was those little those other like creatures yeah those other things that they were killing but like at the same time bo katan made short work of it like that little contraption yeah she's a she's a fighter not only is she hot, D-Doc, and your brother or from your brothers and your friend, but she can fight. 
Yes. It was giving me Moana vibes with the crab. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Moana. Shiny. Not. Yeah, it was it was the crab guy. Before I go, name. before I go, get final thoughts on Mandalorian from everybody. I will say this: speaking of Bo-Katan, you guys all saw the text I sent you. For some reason, randomly on my phone, "Groove is in the heart" by Delight came on, and as <laughs> I looked down at my phone, the lead singer from Delight was a redhead who wore a band over her forehead. And I zoomed in on it and I posted on Twitter and the amount of people saying the Grogu's in the heart or things like that back to me was hilarious because it was, I was like, did Bo-Katan go have a singing career between the Clone Wars and Mandalorian? And she, she went off and did that for a while. I don't know, but it freaked me out. It was really, you put Bo-Katan in those colors and it's, it's almost the same thing right now. So just my little weirdness that I do. So, Al- um, Alfie, Alfie, is there a hippie Mandalorian? Is there I'm anybody sure. with like tie dye? Is there anybody with like tie dye armor other than no. Sabine? <laughs> Not that I know of. But okay. Yeah, Sabine. I guess so. Kind of. There was a hippie Jedi that. in Quinlan Boss. He was a hippie. Yeah. And his uh, his force power was like the most hippie of all the force powers right, as well. Baby. I get to see the future, man. I can see what <laughs> happened in this object, man. Oh gosh. Okay, we've rambled on a little bit of everything. I I you know what? Whether it's Mandalorian, whether it's Bad Batch, or whether it's some other topic, I'm going to go around the room and just get somebody's thoughts on stuff. Matt, I'll start with you. We've hit on a bunch of stuff. Even I ICCCon. Is there any topic or anything from these things or something else you want to hit before we break away for the evening? I'll, I'll, I'll ask, I'll say this. I'm a little fearful that Mandalorian's not going to go anywhere when it ends or it's not <laughs> going to tie, tie into anything. That's my small little fear, small little fear. I just wanted to get it out there. Safe space, right? Safe space. Got to, got to speak it out. I, I'm, a, I'm really afraid that it's just not going to tie into anything important. Like, especially since Grogu is still on the show. If Grogu had left, because I know Grogu has to tie into something more important in the future. If, if it doesn't, then I'm really going to be pissed. But Mandalorian could have been his own thing. It could have just been the story of Mandalorian and it could have been separate. And it could have been, this is his journey. This was his story and it ends here. And I've been okay with it. But now that Grogu is back and because I really thought there was going to be something more with Mm. Grogu and Luke and that like died quickly. Like I thought that was going to be like its own thing, but I guess not. But now that he's back, I'm like, he's got to play into something more important that's already a part of the story uh going into you know the future of the movies that already exist yeah like if it doesn't i i don't know how i'm gonna feel like i don't i don't know like i just like i i have that small little fear so it's very valid it's valid i i get it Uh, t bob uh one of our regular guests has said the end of the show basically towards the end little man little grogu's gonna walk out full mandalorian gear He's going to be kicking butt and taking names as a Mandalorian Jedi. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it would be fun. But you're right. I don't know where it's going to go. Alfie, go to you. I think a perfect ending or at least a very good ending to tie into the sequels with the Mandalorian would have been Grogu being at the temple when it was destroyed, 
Mando coming back and fighting Luke because, you know, Luke's last words to him was, you know, I'll give my life to protect him. So I, I really think the show would have had a great ending with, you know, Luke killing Mando. And then Whoa. that would give another reason as to why he went into hiding, you know, because he failed the Mandalorian. Wow. That was deep, Alfie. Deep was, stuff. You went dark on that. <laughs> well, I, it, it just seemed dark. logical to me. No, it's good. It's good. I like this. We're, as Maz says, safe space. We're in the safe tree right, right now. Will Ferrell's thinking about underwear of the girl serving him at Olive Garden. So, um, <laughs> D Doc, D Doc, up to you. Um, uh, again, visual uh, guy, again, uh, kind of like Brent. I think that we got some of the best shots ever in Star Wars of a ship entering a planet mm. in, in this episode. Uh, I think they probably studied uh, planes uh, dropping through the clouds, w through storms. Like, uh, I think one of the best shots was seeing water on the Mandalorian's armor, just how it beads on it and everything. And just to see his ship and Bo-Katan's entering onto mm -hmm. Mandalore and just like those small details of just like seeing things like shaking a little bit, like as you're dropping in and everything, uh, it, it was great. And I actually built the Lego N1 Starfighter right after I watched it, just because I'm like, I had this thing sitting there and I'm like, I need to build this. Like uh, uh, it's time to throw it together. And this thing is freaking awesome. And I'm, I'm kind of happy. I was upset that the razor crest was destroyed, but I'm happy we're in this ship right now. It, it's okay. really fun. It's really fun to see that. And those are the things that really just make it feel like star Wars. So I think, I think Matt has an opinion there. Can, can I disagree? Can I can I disagree with you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I I love the Naboo Starfighter. I love that they've made it like his. But I've I already got the Naboo Starfighter. I already got like a hundred of them being blown up everywhere in a in a previous movie. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like I love the Razor Crest. Like I it did was too. <laughs> new. It was something original. It was like I, mm -hmm. I I thought like I got to witness the new Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Like I got to witness the yeah. new Millennium Falcon, and then I got to witness the new Millennium Falcon be destroyed, and now I have to live with that. I'm almost, I'm almost like, you know how you always want to see another type of ship that's like mm -hmm. the Millennium Falcon, kind of like Dash Rendar's Ooh. Outrider. I kind of want to see an updated Razor Crest type ship or an updated uh Carillion fighter that Milan Mando can take over and leave and never be seen again at the end of the show and then they can continue on with Grogu but I hate hate that moment they destroyed <laughs> Razor Crest I have the $400 Razor Crest uh. Hasbro made me buy and <laughs> it's made you Made you, made you. This mm -hmm. is going to get blown up at one point too, because right. guess what? Everybody bought the. I, I'm a big Lego guy. That's what I followed the most out of everything. Everybody bought the UCS Razor Crest for five hundred dollars or whatever. Everybody bought this for the sixty dollars, and then when this is blown up, everybody's going to buy his next ship. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. Jim, I one, like reluctantly wanted this one. And and after I built it, I'm like, all right, I love it now. I kind of have a more of a connection to it. But 
Jim, one thing that I really want you to do, just remind you and me once we get there, and yes, you already have every way to connect to our podcast and post it out live and all that kind of stuff. But if you can get Matt, Alfie, and Brent to just do a 15-minute segment, and I want you to throw a topic at them and just let them go. I, I think you... The Done. passage of time. Done. <laughs> I no, think we're... Marvel versus L- uh, uh, oh, LF, LFL. Yes, That's... Marvel and Lucasfilm battles. Let's go. Um, no, Jim, how about you? I, I've, I've hit, who have I not hit? Brent and Jim, I haven't hit you guys yet. Some Mando, Bad Batch, or I, Triple C, any thoughts to end up the show here? Well, I mean, you know, if, since we're wrapping up, I'm obviously going to bring it back to the convention. So, um, you know, if you guys are out there listening, uh, please be w- uh, watching icnashville.com. Uh, go to the news page, watch for all the updates we're going to be releasing. We've got another, um, we've got another guest announcement tomorrow. Uh, they're coming out every Friday, but we're also starting to pepper in some extras during the week too, because we're, it's starting to get, you know, closer and closer to time. So be watching for that. Um, and that's where we're making all the announcements for that. If you haven't booked your hotels, please book them through our website. It will get you the discounts uh, that we've negotiated for the convention and everything. And plus, or it'll RV. You in, huh? Or RV. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can book your convention or your RV spot. So this year we also have with the uh, the camping Man. grounds, you can actually park an RV on the, the, the grounds itself. I did not um, know that. That's yes. a good call. That'd be fun. So then that way you wouldn't even have to leave the, the grounds. So, oh. and you're always there. So, all right, so I'm planning for I'm next gonna, year now. <laughs> I'm going to be in a hotel, so just yeah. I'm not correct. A, I, I, correct. I've decided I'm not a campgrounds <laughs> guy. So, okay, okay. Well, we yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. As I was say, we are we are super looking forward to it, and I think you and you and Matt have explained everything. And I think you know I'm going to and and uh, Brent Alfie. I know you probably have some different pictures on your phones, and you've got saved. I'm going to do a, a memory lane from now until we go of, of different things we saw and did at 2022 to just pepper people to say, go do this. Uh, I'm also, you know, one of the guests you just recently had posted up was the uh, Ula, the dancer from Return of the Jedi. Femi Taylor. Yeah. So yeah. we've had her on our show before. She yeah. is amazing. See, that I was, I was going to ask because that's one of the people I was like, you know what? That would be a freaking great interview to talk to. Ula and hear about She's the little the story nicest, of it. Nicest people to talk to. She is so awesome. Um, That's awesome. She actually, she actually, she actually got her brother hired as an extra to play one of the uh, fighters, X-wing fighters. Really? Uh, yeah, in Jetta, Return of the Jetta. But, That's uh, awesome. That's um, awesome. It's a little bit of a longer story than that. I'll let her tell you. <laughs> Brent, did you did you have some things to close up on on uh, for the night for the show? Uh, you're putting me on the spot. I don't have anything to say. Uh, okay. So no, no. Uh, <laughs> part of the reason why I think Hasbro is delaying everything has to do with Grogu because Favreau and Filoni went to them and said, we do not want you to spoil this character. We want the first time that they see this character to see him on screen. And it took six to nine months after the first episode of Grogu coming on air to get Grogu m- merchandise out in the stores. And it seems like everything has been delayed since then. Like all of the products, they, the, fan, the Phantom Menace, everything was out about a year. It felt like a year before the movie was even out. 
and it spoiled like who are these characters it spoiled the this that situation whether they said please don't do this we want to make sure that the the first time people see this character is on screen so i think that some of the some of the complaining about these figures goes back to that concept of waiting and delaying until it comes out now i know it's a crime that they don't have them out on the shelves because there are people that would buy them i get that but i also understand that i think that that's where it's coming from luke Sag- comes out this summer that was like two years ago <laughs> right i've had that pre-ordered like so was Doc. The Mandalorians were in the trailer. There's no reason why you can't be selling the off-colored Mandalorians. I'm not sure in today's day and age we're allowed to call people off-colored, Alfie. I don't think that's right. <laughs> you know what? And I have a bone to pick with you about what do you mean the pictures on my phone are different than yours? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, you got a picture of the uh, the alligator Loki from the the uh, Loki. Feature. Yeah, see, I don't know that I've got a Loki alligator. I do have that. Or, or or you have a picture of the uh, the kangaroo from the farm that was there. Yes. Yeah. See, there's little things like that. Everyone has a different eye. Everyone definitely has a different eye when it comes to the camera. Or I'm going to be getting a ton of footage. Trust me. My, I'm like Al- my wife makes fun of me of the pictures I take. I take picture of a dinner on a Tuesday night, and she <laughs> asked me why I have so many pictures of it. And that's Al- I think that's why I've had success on social media. I'm just take pictures and videos of too much stuff. So I can't wait to promote this convention. Or Alfie could have taken a picture of the Twilik and the Chiss that were there, the uh, female Chiss that was there. Pretty sure I do. Yeah, okay. he probably has that as a screensaver at some point in time. <laughs> she was intimidating. The the like the red eyes. The chiss like lady was, was intimidating. Like like she kind of scared me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so you got Emperor. The Emperor's coming back is another big big mm-hmm. name, and uh, that's awesome. So I can't wait to see who comes out because it seems like every Friday the bigger names are getting dropped or the like the. Um, and you have Hera, which I know Joe is excited about. She's going to be there. Um, Vanessa Marshall. Vanessa Marshall. Great, okay. great character, great actress. She does tons. I went to her website the other day just to listen to all the different voices she does. She does so many voices on so many shows. It's crazy. Sorry. So, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> excited to, excited to, uh, to stay in a hotel and not camp because camping is uh, <laughs> next to hell for me. Um, that would be... That would be the worst thing possible. Uh, but yeah, that's about all I got for you. I, you just I have to drink it. more. No. No, nothing makes that nothing makes that okay. <laughs> so, okay, speaking of that, before we do break away, Jim, last year there was there were plenty of opportunities for food, well, food and drink, uh, adult beverages, things like that. What's the situation on that at this year's event? So I don't know if adult beverages will be on site. Uh, because of the campgrounds but however there will be a ton of food options because we're going to have uh during convention hours we're when and i think there might be i don't i can't confirm this yet but after hours there there some of them might keep going on if there's enough people who are still on campgrounds to keep it going um they might stay open for the campers or whatnot but we're going to have a ton of food trucks like a massive amount of food trucks are going to be there and just, uh, like and also like there it's not just day stuff like there's uh like every year there's been an after hours uh small con where people yep. sell stuff on a huge discount like how many cool things have we got jim 
in the oh, after hours con. I think I got more in the after con after yeah. the after hours <laughs> thing than I did in the actual con. And the after hours con thing is free. Like my, this is what Michael Havens does. He creates an entire event. It's not just the show during the day. It's not just from 10 to six. It's all this. It's like, that's the show that you come in to see, you know, all this stuff. But then there's the after hour stuff. And then there's the music and then there's the food. And then there's the, like, I'm going to get you to come out to my RV, Brent. We're going to grill some weenies. We're going to talk some stories. And me and you are going to argue like we always do okay brother we're gonna I'm, okay i have no problem with that but this large human being is gonna go sleep himself in a hotel room <laughs> he he will really, find he will uber or walk himself to a hotel room i don't he's not staying in the woods or in an rv, RV. i don't yeah. i really I don't I'm, live down by the river i'm not uh, in a van down by the river all right matt foley um uh, <laughs> uh i i don't know why i'm really really crazy about it i usually only get like two or three hours of sleep a night anyway if i get that so um it's usually i'm usually going all day every day those three days so so is the podcast room going to be in a good location are we going to be like central and everybody walking around staring at us we're going to be in the main it's not that i'm not going if it's the campground (laughs) we're going to be in the the state farm, the state farm building, uh, which is the main building, it's the largest building on, on site. Um, it's going to be the same building where the main uh, vendor hall will be. We're just going to be on the other side of it, and we're going to be in a quadded off room where um, all the guest stars who are doing all their signings uh, and picture taking, we're going to be adjoining to them. Um, so that way it's going to be easier access to be able to bring them on for quick interviews. Awesome. See, that tied it up right there for me. That felt good. And if Brent would have been here on time, he would have heard that earlier. Anyway, I know I felt bad. <laughs> I, I felt bad. I pulled a D-Doc. I felt uh, bad. Yeah. Well, I'm only like a couple minutes late, man. All right. You know, it's always like, you know, five minute window, you know, but I think Brent, I think we're going to have like triple, if not more, <laughs> We're going to have like triple, if not more, of the capacity that we've had in the past. Nice. Uh, for getting Man. people in that room. So it's going to awesome. be a way larger space, um, a lot more room, a lot more tables, hopefully a lot more friends we're going to make. So I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Everybody here is looking forward to it. We cannot wait. This group right One, here, this four, will be making the trip. So One more question. How many people or how many podcasts have uh, – are there returning podcasts? Yeah, so Headless Next Art is already is going to okay. be there. Flynn Hendricks is going to be there. Um, uh, John from Back of the Cereal, Back of the Cereal Box. Back of the Cereal okay. Box. He's going to be there. Him and his whole crew will be there again. Okay. Um, so you're going to see Duchess of Darksaber, I think, is signed up. I think she's coming again. Um, but I've got, like, I actually this year is the first year I'm actually going to have to uh, cut some people because I don't think uh, we're going to have enough room, enough time, enough time and enough room for all the people who've signed up this year. It's the first year we're going to actually have to uh, not be able to bring everybody who signed up. So cool. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry to take up the last few minutes of this to re- yeah. repeat and re-promote the event. That's amazing and fun to go to. Well, the, the, so everybody who's listening you, at this Brent. point should thank buy you. their ticket to the ICCC Nashville, May 26th through 28th. Brent for president. Brent, Brent, see, what's funny is we have some listeners who just listened to the last 10 minutes of our show. Oh, so you, you <laughs> rock it. 
Guys, hey, look, hey, repetition. I, I appreciate all of you guys making the time, the effort, everything. We're we're all excited. I think we're all looking forward to this, seeing where it goes this year for for Matt, for Jim. You guys taking the time out of your busy schedules to come on and be a part of our show. Uh, we really appreciate that. We can't wait to meet back up with you and and uh, to hang out and laugh together again this year. D Doc making the first trip down there. It's going to be a blast. We're excited. We're excited the way uh, Mandalorian's going. I'm personally excited the way Bad Batch is going. I think I think most of us are, and I think I think it'll keep going in that direction. But to all of our fans, all of our listeners, our followers, thank you so much. Um, Rule the Galaxy on Twitter is going to be doing a March Madness of Star Wars characters. So if you're listening and you want to submit to me, uh, you by oh I don't know by by. Uh, this is going to come out on Friday. So on Saturday or Sunday of this weekend, once you hear it, it'll probably be too late. But if you hurry up and get me your top 20 Star Wars characters, I'm going to compile all that, build a ranking of 1 through 64, and do a battle uh, battle royale, just like the NCAA tournament, on Twitter and let people vote. So that ought to be fun. And, uh, you know, at the same time, we'll keep throwing up the memories from ICCCon from last year. But thanks to everybody. You guys are the best. Uh, you know where to follow us, Rule the Galaxy Everywhere. And until next week, may the Force be with you.